Yeah. Libido versus arousability. I mean, libido is the is the drive. It's it's there. Sometimes a woman needs to be aroused. Mm. Arousal can take place in just the emotional connection that you have with your spouse. I mean, really not being emotional connected or having that closeness or togetherness with your spouse. That's how people are able to have affairs. Honestly, affairs takes place out of what connection? Yeah. Yeah. There's some type of emotional connection that happens first and then there's the sex. Right. Well, then you get with your spouse and you've been disconnected. You don't talk. There is no togetherness or little togetherness. The only thing that we talk about are the children, but you can't perform. Your body does not respond to your spouse. Mm. Well, the body does not respond because there's no arousability there. There's no emotional connection. There's no closeness. There's no quality time that's spent. There's no togetherness and marriage is work. Hey girl, it's Marisha Franklin, your host and founder of Wife Life. I'm so glad you stopped by to join the conversation today. Here at the Wife Life Podcast, we are dedicated to connecting you to godly wisdom and practical tips that will help you in your own personal wife life. So listen, as we get started, I encourage you to join the conversation with an open heart, an open mind, and listening ears so that you can receive as much as possible. All right, let's get started. Welcome back. It's been a while. I know. I know. So it's still season four and we're on episode three of the Wife Life podcast. The theme is sex. Today, we have the delight of talking to Christine Henson about libido, which is a sex drive, connection with our spouse, and even we even touch a little bit on the importance of talking to our kids about sex. Christine has been married for 21 years to Aaron H. Henson Sr., and they have four children and one grandchild together. Christine works alongside of her husband as they pastor the Henson Memorial Church of God in Christ. She acquired her bachelor's degree in business administration from Russ College and her master's in human resources from Webster University. She has also taken multiple college-accredited counseling classes. Christine currently works in human resources at the Department of Treasury, where she has resided for the past 16 years. In addition to her career in human resources, she spent two years ministering to wives as a pure romance representative. Christine loves scenery and all things nature, and she loves, loves, loves her family. Let's see what she has to say about sex. I think it's awesome that you have this platform where we can cover this topic. So, yes, you know, as you know, this month, our topic is sex. And um, you as a pastor's wife, and you've also done some studying in psychology and even had some experience with pure romance. Yeah. And, and, you know, sometimes <laughs> that seems like contradictory. Like she's a pastor's wife and she did pure romance. What? You know? Right, right. You know, I had some heads turning. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. I've had to explain myself a couple of times, but it's worked out. Tell us a little bit about when you did pure romance. What was your mindset behind it? What was the theory? What, what were you doing with that? Actually, I had someone approach me about selling pure romance and doing the shows, etc., and getting women together to talk about the subject of sex. Of course, my original thought was I was in the I had that taboo head on, like, oh my gosh, I'm a pastor's wife. I cannot talk about sex. And I was even shocked that the person came to me to ask me to do it. But this was a person that was not in the church. This is how God works, you know, how he works things out. The way they spend 
expanded to me was you can encourage women in marriage in the church mm-hmm. regarding sexual intimacy. And I was like, hmm, I never thought of it that way. Yeah. That encouraged me and inspired me to create my audience is what I did with yeah. it. You know, it wasn't open to all women, single women, etc. It was open to women who are married. And um, I did it for about two years. And of course, life happened and I got away from it. But I still talk about the subject as requested being a pastor's wife. So, you know, I stepped away in that manner. And in that platform, I still, you know, have frequent conversations about this hot topic. So yes, well, listen, let's let's get into it. Let's get into it. Why do you think the topic of sex in marriage is important for people to talk about not only people, but Christians to talk about? Why do you think it's so important? We talk about everything else, right? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Mm-hmm. We we talk about wellness. We talk about fitness. We talk about mental health. Mm-hmm. It's so many things that we talk about, but sexual intimacy is like at the bottom of the list. Yeah. Or we're whispering when we talk about it. Mm-hmm. You know, the culture that we live in, it is a, a taboo subject, especially in the church. The world yeah. is probably a little more open with it. But the, <laughs> exactly. So let me specify. <laughs> but it is the church that needs to talk about this topic and define it as God intended it to be. Yeah. The the purity of it. This is how I, you know, this was another thing that inspired me to do it. The church must talk about it. If we think about ourselves when we were growing up in high school, middle school, whenever you, you know, first learned that sex was a real thing, you heard about it from school or off the streets, you know, from your your classmates. And the way that it was presented to us was it wasn't in the purity as God designed sex to be. So, yes, this is why it is so vitally important to talk about it. And at some point, we need to have this conversation with our children. Yes. You know, of course, it is a maturity. Each each parent know when their child is ready for that conversation. But we really have to have these conversations with our children, because the things that I hear about, it's even worse than what it was when we were coming up in school. Just the things that children do, how they define sex, who they have sex with, how many partners they have. I mean, it's, it's, it's really wild. So. The church has to talk about it. And then we have to find a way to to present it to our young people as well. I love so, that. I love how you said to present it to our kids and our children, because that's so important. Because if we're the ones that introduce this topic in the well-intended manner that it was created to be, we are shaping their world view of how to see it. And, and anything else, any other information that comes in after that will only be added to the foundation that we have placed. So I love, love, love that. I love how you suggested that. Absolutely. And then the emotional aspect of of sex. Hmm. God intended for man and woman in marriage to connect emotionally. Sex is like, you know, the the next step of that. So to just throw your emotions around as um, a young person, 15, 16 years old out there having sex, it can bring about mental illness. It yeah. can catapult yeah. a lot of things. So we have to talk about it with That's our children. Good. That's a whole nother podcast. Right. <laughs> I love it. So tell me this, what's some of your personal experience, you know, as you were counsel women, as you were talking to 
the women as you were presenting dur- during pure romance? What were some of the like most complaints or concerns that women had? Well, I would say the most common, and I'm my husband and I have experienced this as well. The most common issue, there are several, but this one I want to address is libido. The differences in the sex drive. One spouse may have a higher sex drive than the other. And this has led to divorce. Mm-hmm. This has led to isolation. Couples not you know, speaking, this has led to um, people having, you know, affairs taking place in the marriage. Yeah, Libido is connected to emotions hmm. uh, and it's connected to the, the physical as well. Experiencing a low sex drive, you may want to get your hormones checked. I'm going to share some resources later on in the podcast that can help with boosting a libido. Um, there's things that we can eat. There are essential oils, etc. But I will address that later. But psychological aspect of it, I want to say, I think I have heard of stories and I've even experienced this myself, where we take it personal. Mm-hmm. We blame ourselves for having low libido. But those things we have to come out of and just be intentional on fixing it. You know, so I don't want anyone to blame themselves if they are experiencing that. Again, it can be attached to emotional, the emotional state that a woman may be in, or if she's having physical issues, again, hormones, uh, diabetic, taking a lot of medication, obesity has led to low libido. A few other tips that I want to add that can cause uh, low libido, emotional or sexual trauma. Hmm. Also, if molestation or, you know, something like that has taken place, that can impact low libido stress. We know stress (laughs) will impact it. Just what we're going through in life, um, Mm -hmm. work, raising children, etc. can cause high stress levels. The low libido stress. I think about that even because I hear some women saying that their sex drive is higher than their husband's. And stress can really contribute, you know, and a lot of times men hold things in. They don't release as much as we do. So they may be holding in a lot of things, whether if it's work or a lot of different things. And so their libido may be low as well. And that's something to consider and to be patient with or mindful of if you are the opposite. You know, if you are the opposite one with the higher libido. So that's good to know. Right. People are shocked when they hear it's the woman that has the high drive. So, but yeah, women do. Like I said, it depends. It's not, it's not really gender specific. It depends on the hormones in the body that really drives libido. So, yeah. That's, that's good. Oh, so I will say if a couple is experiencing that, a married couple, a conversation should be had on possibly what, if it's physical or psychological, you know, a, a conversation needs to be had and it needs to be an intentional. We need to work on it. The couple should work on it. We still have a, a an accountability when it comes to satisfying our partners. Now, yeah. Some sexual desire is driven from things that it shouldn't be driven by. We know sexual desire is normal, but if you have other extenuating factors that's driving or causing that high high sex drive, like pornography or being molested, 
some things can cause promiscuity or a high sex drive. So that's what I'm saying is some extenuating factors that are in there that need to be considered and couples need to be able to be vulnerable and talk to one another. You know, sex therapy may be something that should be considered seeing a therapist. Yeah, that's good. That's really good. I like that because I just talked to our last podcast interviewee about sex. Her name is Robin McKelvey. And she talked about how sex is kind of like an ongoing conversation for the remaining of your lives. So I love that you said that, you know, it's just something that we are working together through as we go through this life together, just like any other thing as a part of our relationship. So yeah, that's good. How would you encourage wives listening that may struggle in this area? Libido versus arousability. I mean, libido is the is the drive. It's it's there. Sometimes a woman needs to be aroused. Mm. Arousal can take place in just the emotional connection that you have with your spouse. I mean, really not being emotional connected or having that closeness or togetherness with your spouse. That's how people are able to have affairs. Honestly, affairs takes place out of what? Connection. Yeah. Yeah. There's some type of emotional connection that happens first and then there's the sex. Well, then you get with your spouse and you've been disconnected. You don't talk. There is no togetherness or little togetherness. The only thing that we talk about are the children, but you can't perform. Your body does not respond to your spouse. Mm -hmm. Well, the body does not respond because there's no arousability there. There's no emotional connection. There's no closeness. There's no quality time that's spent. There's no togetherness and marriages work. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so these are the different buckets that we have to fill up and we have to be aware of. We can go and take our our union. We can take it for granted. Yeah. You know, and that's why wife life is such um, an awesome ministry because it keeps the wifely duties before you. What is expected of me as a wife? And then a support group where women can support one another as far as being a wife. So, so yeah, I didn't know that there was a distinction between arousal and libido. I mean, technically, I didn't know that I hadn't heard it in that way. But that's really good. And that's, that's true. Because I mean, I guess I'm just thinking about the state of marriages and how many people are disconnected, and there is no emotional connection. And that's why the sex is off. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? That's why you can think back to different sexual partners, and it might have been better, or maybe somebody at the office. And it's like, it's just a deeper connection with that person, because you spending more time with them, you're talking with them, you're laughing with them, <laughs> right. you know, you're complimenting right. them. So goes to say that one of the practical tips would be to build that emotional connection up. And if you have a strong emotional connection to be mindful and intentional about keeping it strong, you know, right. Um, that's what I heard from what you said. It's just, it starts way before, and you hear it all the time. Sex starts before you get to the bedroom. And you know, oh, yeah. when I was younger, I used to be like, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Whatever. Because <laughs> that sounds like work. Oh, I got to put in work. I got to yes. put in work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> got to figure out what this other person wants, you know, yeah. and deliver that. So, you know, it's all a selfless mm-hmm. thing being married, loving your spouse. Yeah. It's a very selfless position. 
Mm, that's good. That's really good. Did you have any other personal experiences that you wanted to share? You know, I think this would be a good one to share. Now, I um, heard a story. This is not a personal experience, but this is a story that I heard. And I can see this being an issue in the church. Mm-hmm. Us as Christians, we may think that there are certain do's and don'ts in the bedroom. Okay. Mm-hmm. To a certain extent, there is. And then some things are led to uh, personal convictions. Right. There was a story of a, a man, the the husband, he can only keep an erection through the missionary position. Any other position, he would not keep an erection. Wow. Yeah. But it was discovered that it was psychological because he did not believe and he had been taught the purity of sex was that's the only position that was allowed in the bedroom. Wow. So some things that we've learned, we have to unlearn Yeah. because that wasn't working for the wife. She, she needed more. And when I say she needed more, it was more as in what's allowed, nothing wowed in the bedroom, but you know, she need variety. Sometimes our personalities, we need variety. We don't like doing the same thing over and over again. Absolutely. So because of the way he thought about it, he was not able to give her variety. So some things we need to unlearn. And again, that's why this topic is so important because it, defines what's okay. Some things we may have thought, oh, that can't do that, can't do that. Mm-hmm. Well, why can't we do it? Yeah. You know, let's talk about that. So yeah, That's some true. things we may have to unlearn. <laughs> I love that. I love that. And I love that. That's good. That's really good. That's really, really good. So, well, there was um, a couple that um, actually the wife, I don't, I rarely talk to the husbands, but the wife was struggling because her husband, I'm going to just talk about it. He was into pornography. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, pornography is something that a woman cannot compete with. I mean, because what happens in porn is not realistic. Right. And so the addiction to pornography is it's never enough. It gives you just enough to go back for more. That's what pornography does to the brain. It releases all type of happy chemicals in the brain. And so um, it's it just keeps you going back for more. It gives you enough to satisfy you for that moment of time, but then you go back for more. How does a wife compete with that? Yeah. Plus she's not able to perform um, based on what the man is looking at, what her husband was looking at. So she was trying to figure out, Hey, maybe of course we had gadgets and things like that and games and mm-hmm. um, lotions and all that type of thing. So she was trying to figure out, man, maybe if I get some of this stuff, mm. I could um, get my husband's attention. But honestly, when someone is addicted to pornography and Mm -hmm. women are have addictions too, it's not just a male specific problem. It goes both ways. I really recommend therapy when someone is struggling with that issue. And I would say the spouse that has to deal with it, you have to pray for grace, for God to give you grace, because you want to have an open conversation about it with your spouse. So if you alienate them or make them feel a certain way, even though it makes you feel a certain way, Mm -hmm. you know, that won't create that open space to discuss it. What practical tips would you offer the ladies listening? Okay, so... There, you'll be surprised what, um, we're talking about libido. You'd be surprised what impacts, like what we eat, Mm. um, or what we're not eating (laughs) that will, yes, that will impact libido. So I have a little chart here 
of um, things that we should have in our diet that will help. Um, and maybe some things you need to scale back on if you have a high, a high drive and you okay. want to, okay, work on that. So foods to eat would be vitamin C enriched foods uh, like broccoli, oranges, red peppers, watermelon, dark chocolate, sweet potatoes. Oh, girl, I like all that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes, these are some of the things that we can eat, ladies. And also uh, vitamins. You want to make sure that you're stored up on your zinc, your B12, your folate acid, and your vitamin E. And then there's a host of other vitamins out there. This stuff is researchable online. If you're a Pinterest person, you can go to Pinterest. It's all type of charts on foods you can eat and vitamins you can take. So, um, yeah, go visit Pinterest. I love their colorful charts. Um, And then also essential oils. Now we can, oh, that's one thing we need to do, ladies, is pamper ourselves. You know, after a hard day's of work, we can, you know, run that bubble bath and actually, you know, add some essential oils to our bubble bath. So cinnamon oil, cedarwood oil, ginger oil, jasmine oil, nutmeg oil, and lavender oil. Just to name a few. Again, okay. there are a lot out there. <laughs> That um, and then foods to avoid is uh, of course, sugar, mm-hmm. and we all like sugar. Girl, listen, but that's the one. If you you know, first of all, let me let me let me backpedal a little bit. You're talking about vaginal health. Sugar is not good for vaginal health. Mm-hmm. You know, if we take in or a lot of carbohydrates, if we take in sugars and carbohydrates, that can essentially call a yeast infection, yeah. cause a yeast infection. So we just want to be careful that we're not um, that we're watching our diet for many reasons, but it can fall over into uh, our sex life and marriage. I have, I have noticed that like when I'm heavy into sugar, I notice that I have more discharge, not necessarily mm-hmm. Um, a yeast infection, but I do notice that my discharge is more, you know, I'd be like, oh, man, right. I need to cut that. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. No, but it does. What we eat, it impacts the whole body, you know, yeah. um, and we don't think about that, like, but it does. The, <laughs> the vagina will, will, will clown you. <laughs> and you know it will. <laughs> It will clown you in a minute. He'll be like, okay, let me let, let me, me get my pH balanced again. <laughs> right. Something is way <laughs> off. <laughs> Something <ain't> right. <laughs> way. Yeah, those are the the practical tips that I have. Um, there is a podcast that I've been listening to lately that's Ooh. really good. Ooh. It's uh www. This is the website, and the website will link you to its podcast. Okay. But it's uh ww uncoveringintimacy.com. Okay. That's the name of the uh, website and it'll link you to his podcast. But the reason why I wanted to highlight the website is because he has all type of um, downloadables that you can use Mm -hmm. um, as far as, you know, sexual intimacy is concerned. It's a wealth of information. Wow. So I definitely want to share that. And then I am a regular frequent visitor of Focus. I listen to Focus on the Family. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've heard of them. Yeah. 
Okay. So yeah, focus on the family.com. They do cover mm-hmm. a portion of, so they talk about all kind of family related stuff in yeah. marriage. If you go to their website, they have topics related to sexual intimacy in marriage as well. Okay. Thank you. Um, and if anyone wants to reach out to me personally, I consider myself to be a first responder. No, I'm not a licensed therapist. Yes, I've taken several counseling classes and changed over to human resources. So that's where my master's degree in, which HR is a form of counseling. I am a pastor's wife, been a pastor's wife for four years officially, but we pastored together for the past 18 years. So I consider myself to be a first responder. So if you, if someone wants to reach out to me, they can definitely email me at chenson underscore five at yahoo.com. Thank you for that. Yeah, no problem. We need you first responders. (laughs) (laughs) I'm here to help. That's awesome. So what, what would you leave the ladies with? What would your last words be to them? You know, and I said this already, do not suffer in silence. Um, That would be what I would say, because again, we talked about at the top of the podcast, this can be an embarrassing topic, depending Mm -hmm. on Mm -hmm. what the issue is. And it's, you know, it's a, it it is a taboo topic, but don't suffer in silence. Um, Sexual desire is absolutely normal as having the urge to want to eat or drink. Mm -hmm. It it is a normal thing. And so, um, and it is a responsibility and we have to be accountable towards it in marriage. Mm -hmm. We are not supposed to uh, deprive our spouses. Now, there are instances when we have to, but um, if if those extenuating instances aren't there, then and it's a it's a situation that is workable. We need to find ourselves working on it. That's good. I like that you put that in there. I like that. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and sharing your tips with us. I appreciate it. I really do. Yes. Thank you for having me. Girl, listen, that was good. I'm so glad you stopped by. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe and leave a review. You can also sign up at thewifelifepodcast.com to receive updates every time we release a new episode. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Cherish Wife Life. Just so you know, we release a new season of weekly episodes every other month. January, March, May, July, September, and November. If you haven't listened to all the other episodes, make sure you go back and listen. All right. Until next time. Talk to you later.